Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Yo, 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 peeps. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, striking fear in the hearts of shitty vendors since 2017. I'm ah. Joel Cheeseman. I'm Chad Zowash. On this week's show, Google is feeding, Dice is losing, and CareerBuilder is shrinking. Yes, CareerBuilder shrinkage, I said it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a word from Job Ad X. How many times has someone said to you, we're the Uber of, or it's the PayPal of, maybe they're the Facebook of, in many, many cases, these comparisons fall short of being close to reality, or even a useful illustration of what organizations actually do. In the case of Job Ad X, our example is so accurate, so spot on, that it's synonymous with our work. Job Ad X is Google AdSense for jobs. That means we're an efficient, persistent, and smarter ad unit for job-related advertising. As the best ad tool in the industry, Job Ad X offers recruitment marketing agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms real-time dynamic bidding and delivery for client postings through the industry's first truly responsive tool. All this is done with the flexibility of Job Ad X's cost per impression, click, or application. We offer unique budget conservation options to effectively eliminate spending waste. We're not set in regret. For direct clients, Job Ad X delivers superior candidates with the best of programmatic efficiency and premium page ad positioning. We also provide publishers and job boards higher rev share than other partners through our smarter programmatic platform. In many cases, 30 to 40% greater and more through our scalable model. To partner with us, you can visit or search jobadx.com or email us at joinus at jobadx.com to get estimates or begin working together. Job Ad X, the best ad tool providing smarter programmatic for your needs. Oh, you've been wondering why the British accent? Job Ad X has just launched in the UK too. I got a rant to start off the show, if that's all right. No, no. That's probably the best way to start it. It probably is. I'm a little feisty today. Um, (laughs) So I've been blogging for a long time. People may know my work. They may not. But I've been doing this for a while. And I've I've come across some level of respect, I think, with, with my work. We've been podcasting for over a year. We have a great following. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people who ca- who matter are sitting down and interviewing with us, right? Like we have CEOs, CMOs, like oh, people, yeah. owners, founders, and I think there's an impression or an assumption on the part of vendors that we will be, I will be, you and I will be at HR Tech this year. Yeah, for the mere fact that vendors go to shows to show their wares, to talk to customers and prospects. Uh-huh. They also go to these shows to talk to the press. And for whatever reason, HR tech in its wisdom deemed you and I unworthy of a press pass, both in my, in my, in my capacity as a podcaster and my capacity as a writer for ERE, which I would think is a very well-respected organization. 
in terms of content, right? Yes. So yeah. my rant is simply that uh, I think HR tech is really dumb in not letting press people like you and me into its show. And for the vendors that are reaching out to me almost on a daily basis, just assuming that I'm yep. going to be there and saying, hey, let's grab a drink at HR Tech or hey, when can, we'd love to show, our, show you our new stuff. Can we set up a time to, to meet? Yep. Like I have to tell those people, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to be there because HR Tech is kind of being a dick about letting press into its show. So that's my rant. Um, I apologize to the vendors uh, that would like to talk to me. Uh, and chat anyone anyone else that's been you know dissed by HR tech, but that's the reality, and that's why we're not there. Yeah. So I actually had a text last night and said, "Hey, we'll, we'll talk about it." HR tech, and I was like, "Yeah, well, HR tech said that they're not providing Joel and I media passes," and he responded back with, "What the fuck?" Question mark Are you fucking kidding me? That was the response. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my my editor at ERE, uh, Todd Raphael, who's very well respected, been doing this for a long time, he assumed that I was going as well. And when I told him, no, I, I got denied a press pass, yeah. his response was pretty much the same. What the fuck? Like, I thought you'd be a, a shoe in, um, but that's not the case. So fuck it. HR tech, you know, I don't need your show. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, I feel so much better. Let's go to shout outs. Ooh, yeah, shout outs. I'm going to start them off with uh, our favorite URL, gocanvas.io, <laughs> aka. <laughs> AKA Canvas, love those guys. Uh, they just we do love Canvas. We, we've got to get we've got to get a new URL, a new brand or something. I love the Canvas brand, but the, the URL just it's horrible, guys. Uh, new T shirts and beer koozies for Chad. Yes, yes, what? yes for Chad. No, after this whole bullshit zip recruiter sending you alcohol and I don't get any. They, no, I'm, I, that's all for me now. I'm playing the Joel <laughs> Cheeseman game here. <laughs> Oh, really? Well, I've, I've got some nice beamery swag that maybe you won't be oh, getting the next okay. time I maybe see you. Maybe we can do a barter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Canvas, we love you, man. I, I you, you meet those guys regularly for like drinks and updates and, and stuff, and I'm stuck here with a one-year-old. Yeah, it's, it's beer and it's food wah, and it's wah. Indianapolis, so it's awesome. Also, a big shout out to Hung Lee for obviously putting some love chad and cheese out recruiting brain food that's uh if you, if you aren't subscribed to recruiting brain food I, I don't know what your fucking problem is go out there check it out it's good stuff he curates just a bunch of stuff and feeds it to you brain food once a week i, I think hung might be a good guest hung if you're listening and you want to you want to come on and chime in about stuff uh let us know go to chad cheese or hit us up on social media yep I've never heard him uh, speak or give interviews, so he may be like one of these reclusive guys <laughs> that never yeah. talks, which is uh -huh. fine. But if you'd like to come on, like, let us know. I'm going to give a shout out to a webinar that we're giving oh. next week, mm -hmm. the 15th, 2 p.m. Eastern with uh, NAS, yep. sponsored by Talru, Talru. one of our sponsors. Yep. Love those guys. Again, talking about great swag, uh, Talru. Yes. But uh, if you if you are interested in high-frequency hiring, and who isn't these days, uh, we're going to do a webinar with Chad, uh, NAS, and me, and talking about all that good stuff. Uh, you can sign up at chadcheese.com if you haven't already. Uh, otherwise, you'll probably get an email at some point if you're, if you're subscribed to any degree to our show. 
Yes. And actually just drinking beer out of my Talru glass that is laser etched with Chad on it. That laser etching of the Talru logo and Chad. That's good swag. Uh, shout out to Chase Wilson. And this is his tweet. Listening to Chad and Cheese is always entertaining, but listening to them talk baby bathrobes at half speed has to be one of the more entertaining podcast moments I've had in a while. Hashtag half bait. What kind of sicko gets pleasure out of listening to us speak in super slow motion that's i'm thinking maybe some meds are in store for this guy yeah no well i mean chase isn't that quick in the first place so everything that he does is <laughs> is is really he's got to take it in slow and i appreciate that so you you listen chase you listen any way you like fair enough fair enough well <laughs> if you're gonna go uh if you're headed to ta tech next month yeah uh, and you're a vendor and you'd like to be interviewed by chad and cheese mm -hmm. uh we're doing something with peter clayton who, uh in video um there's nothing on the site yet uh so if you're interested in being interviewed by us on video really cool thing that we're doing uh hit us up on chadcheese.com or social media and we'll get you guys more details yeah i think it's going to be kind of like a between two ferns kind of thing or between the between ferns two idiots i think is what we're going yeah, to call it between two beers <laughs> that's a <laughs> between two one. kegs yeah yeah so job board doctor uh big shout out because he's always in a tweeting frenzy so i got to give him love rothberg even rothberg had a shaker call out. This wasn't a shout out. This was a call out. He said, uh, your team over at Shaker does great work, including job boards, you build, manage, you do all this stuff. But uh -huh. during your, your podcast interview, you said, you know, pretty much yeah, stay in your lane. People should be staying in your lane. And being an advertising agency, that's kind of out of your lane, right? So that was a pretty cool call out by Steven. And him and him and uh, Joe got on uh, some kind of tweet back and forth online. So good stuff, man. Hashtag Chad Cheese. If you guys aren't, use it. Check it out and uh, get in the conversation. So Joe Shaker and Steven Rothberg in the Octagon. Who are you taking? That's a hard one. It depends if, if uh, Joe brings all his kids. <laughs> <laughs> but if Rothberg brings Faith, his wife, it could be an even fight. Oh, that's that's a, no, that's not even a question. I, it, if, if you said Faith, right, uh -huh. then it would be a no. I, I don't care who we throw in. She's a fiery redhead. She will kick anybody's ass. Fair enough. That's all there is to Fair it. enough. Yes. Uh, shout out to Jean-Christophe Chenard. Wow. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, in Quebec, Canada. Uh, Jean-Christophe let me know that uh, our emails go into a spam filter. Um, I have to say to that, welcome to mar email marketing in 2018. Um, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are getting marketing messages in spam. I don't know what the solution is. Maybe we need like a uh, uh, text Chad Cheese to a short code and we'll text updates to people. I don't know. But marketing is hard and email marketing is even harder. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. The, the best thing to do is just subscribe to the podcast so you don't have to actually click on anything. It's just automatic. Your notifications, it's all there. Yeah. Um, that's the best way to do it. But yeah, we should. And they'll, we and they'll get the shred too if they say. And they'll get the shred. Yeah. And everybody loves the shred. I love the shred. Um, that being said, uh, Gordon Burns, a CMO over at Bullhorn, uh, was on the latest interview uh, for our next exclusive. Just dropped earlier this week. Gordon shared some marketing survey knowledge, dropped some knowledge on us. If you haven't checked out that podcast and you're into marketing, definitely Gordon Burns, CMO over Bullhorn. It's a good, it good time. 
Gordo. Yeah. Not to be surprised with the Scottish Gordon, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's Adam Gordon, by the way. Uh, And last but not least for me, Thelma and Louise Triance. No, actually, it's just Louise Triance over at UK Recruiter. Uh, She and I will be talking Google for jobs and taking questions from all comers. It'll be on the site. So if you want to go to Chad Cheese, register, um, definitely be a part of that. We'll be talking about Google for jobs and other Googly stuff. They've got so much shit to talk about right now. It's 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 pretty fun. Yep. I'll end a shout out saying um, if you haven't voted for us on the TA Tech Awards for best podcast, blogging, whatever, do it. Head on over to Chad Cheese, click on the link, give us a vote. We'd much appreciate it. Do it. And with that, let's get to the news, shall we? Bring it. Drinkage at Career Builder. All right. <laughs> Crane Chicago. Crane Chicago uh, last week reported that uh, Career Builder is trading in its plush downtown Chicago digs uh-huh. for something further west of the city. I'm not that attuned to Chicago's geography, but they're basically downsizing their office from roughly 160,000 square feet to about 100,000 square feet. So if you're uh-huh. if you're doing math at home, I'm thinking that's like a 40% decrease, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, a lot of layoffs there. They're you know they're pulling back. Uh, they had a really nice office there in Chicago, downtown Chicago. That's, oh God, that's yeah. So based, you know, the uh, the dumpster fire at Career Builder continues. So in broad bean style, they're going straight to the ghetto. <laughs> ghetto time without the uh, the beach. Yeah, yeah. So so for all the listeners who didn't didn't listen a couple episodes ago, you should have. And if you haven't, go back because it was good shit. Uh, broad bean has also moved. So this is this is kind of the mo of uh, what's happening. It's all about cost cutting at this point, guys. I mean, they are focusing on cutting the fat wherever there's fat. So if you're a career builder right now, I mean, you are pretty goddamn shaky if you come in in the morning uh, looking for your desk and hoping that it's still fucking there. Yeah, I heard uh, some of my contacts, I think, mention that they're down to one help desk person at the company. (laughs) It's just pretty, yeah, pretty amazing. But So this, this to me, there's always been the question of, is this just a chop shop deal where they're just cutting the cutting the pieces and moving on or is this a you know copy and paste kind of thing where they're or cut and paste where they're getting rid of uh, you know the old executives and bringing in new ones i mean to me this feels more and more like chop shop territory than it does we're just replacing you know the bad apples with fresh fruit yeah yeah how long do you think it's going to take before uh they oust ferguson and their coo become ceo because i see that move happening because she's already hardwired into the system right the apollo system maybe by the end of the show we'll get some (laughs) feedback but yeah i i I think ferguson is probably contractually obligated to stick around Uh but i think once that's over he he'll either leave by his own discretion or he'll be out but i think he's just a figurehead at this point yeah 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 i think they'll do it in a more smooth kind of manner rather than just smooth, kicking him out because with the everything they've done up to this point has been so smooth it's got to at least be one thing so anyway yeah they're cutting the fat everywhere guys so uh whew, more more to be had there well going to the next story um dice another mm-hmm. Old-timey, crusty, <laughs> cobwebby job board. Uh, we mentioned that they had a new CEO a couple weeks back. Art. 
um, Art Zeal or Zile. I don't know how to pronounce it. Zeal, uh, he had his first earnings call Ouch. Uh, this past week, Ouch. and it was I don't know tale of two two stories, I guess. So they they on analysts six expectations of uh, earnings per share mm-hmm. they hit on that, right. but they were down revenue. Uh, they missed revenue um, in their report. So specifically, uh, they had earnings per share of five cents that were in line with estimates. Uh, the revenue number of thirty nine point seven million uh, was a two point three decrease, three percent decrease from last year. Um, notably, Dice they have three job boards, as most of our listeners know. They have Dice clearance jobs and e financial careers. Yep. Uh, Dice was down eight percent. Uh, year over year and brought in 23.5 million. So it's still bringing in the lion's share of revenue, right? but it had uh, the biggest decrease of the three businesses. Uh, Clarence jobs seems like it's doing pretty well, although it's the smallest of the three businesses. Yeah. Um, now what was notable to me was that art was very, um, he was very transparent about what was going on, what was wrong with the company. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned a few things like, the design of the site kind of sucks. We need to fix that. Uh, we need to retain our current clients in a much better fashion than we currently do. Apparently, they're bleeding clients, which is bad. Um, and they spend too much time fixing what's broken as opposed to building new feature sets and new cool products. So uh, it was great to see him sort of outline the problems I think we both have seen or at least expected yeah. for a while. And hopefully, they are fixing those problems and can move forward. Yeah. I mean, this is his time to be able to do that because it's not his baby. So he can call this baby ugly. Right. But uh, that's going to change. I mean, there's going to be a time when he's been there long enough from a leadership standpoint to be able to make these moves, make these changes. Um, We always talk about technical debt and things like that. These companies have and they have a ton of because they've been around for so goddamn long. Yep. The biggest question is, how do you remake yourself? Do you continue to try to play that maintenance game and build something on top of this old technical debt shit that you have? Or do you start anew and go in parallel? That's the big question. And and that's going to be an answer that he has to has to come up with. And in a couple more earnings calls, there's not going to be that's going to be his baby. It's not going to be Mike's baby. It's going to be his baby. Mm -hmm. You better get his shit straight. Yeah, it's easy to be transparent when it's someone else's dirty laundry. Right. But uh, harder uh, otherwise. You know, I think personally, I think one of Dice's biggest hurdles is the Dice brand in that I think tech people think of Dice as a job board and the best of the best developers aren't on job boards. They would never sink so low as to sort of hang out at a job board. They want to hang out at GitHub and and these cool sites for for programmers. So to me, that's an issue I'm not sure he'll ever be able to fix. Here's what it comes down to. Okay, you have uh, customers and revenues that are happening right now, so you can't shut that system down. You have to continue to maintain and play that technical debt game. One of the things that Monster didn't do, and they were fucking stupid because they didn't do this, is they didn't run a parallel line of business, which had an entirely new brand, right? Could be a sister company or what have you. That was going to be the indeed or the next version of what Monster should be. Instead of trying to fix it with bailing wire and duct tape and zip ties and shit like that, run 
parallel. So it's not like you don't have the money to be able to do something like this, right? You're not mm-hmm. going to be able to do what you want on this old ass system. Now, all the data that you have, all that, all that data from the company standpoint and from the job seeker standpoint, you should be able to siphon that off and use it in these new platforms. I think Dice Dice should go buy a brand that's cool, um, Code Signal overflow what something that is not a job board but appeals to developers and then slowly start putting dice's jobs on that site that would be my strategy but again he's not writing me any checks anyway that's free advice do with it what you will but to me i think dice will always be associated with job boards yes and job postings and the best developers don't want anything to do with that no not in the least so let's talk about a new, hip, exciting, progressive, awesome company. Yeah. I won't say awesome, but in the news, trending Slack yeah. is raising more freaking money. Dude. I think they're at a, they're like round G at this point. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, they're, looking, they're looking for $400 million to put them at a $7 billion valuation, which, by the way, let me remind you that we just talked about Dice's revenues at 25, 30, 40 billion or 40 million in a quarter. Like, this is a messaging app, yeah. or at least it is today, um, looking for more money, which um, seems mind-boggling uh, to some degree. But Microsoft mm-hmm. uh, has finally admitted <laughs> publicly that Slack is a competitor. So I got to think maybe, although I think you poo-pooed it a while back in a podcast, that Slack is maybe looking to take on the big boys, the the Microsofts, the Googles, and why else would they be raising so much money? First and foremost, never use poo-pooed, okay? Uh, second, second, looking on Crunchbase. So they've had 11 rounds of funding at $1.2 billion. So yes, they're going to have to do something. One of two things. If they're going to try to take the big guys head to head, they're definitely going to have to continue to uh, raise a shit ton of money on the second side where I still see that they could, they could do well. Not if they continue raising money though, is that exit actually being able to sell into a bigger ecosystem. Obviously, it's not going to be Microsoft because Microsoft sees uh, Slack as a competitor, which we said a few weeks ago. But who else out there can actually afford after all this fucking funding? How could they afford it? Yeah, this it, they have to go public. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I don't think anyone's going to buy them at this valuation. No. Um, we, we could be shocked, right? I mean, LinkedIn yeah. was bought for $26 billion, So there is a chance that Slack could be acquired. Um, and I still hold out that Amazon may come in and, and buy them at some point. But yeah, they've they've got they've got definitely bigger aspirations than just being a messaging app. Um, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's communication in f- multiple ways, or office stuff, or recruiting stuff. Like I'm not really sure, but um, it's interesting to yeah. watch. If nothing else, uh, they're they're reporting that they have 500,000 users of Slack. Now, a lot of those are like one, two people companies that don't matter, but that's a it's a decent number. Yeah. How many are paid, though? I mean, those aren't all paid clients, are they? The small guys for sure are free. Um, Bigger companies do. And they, you know, they have an app store, um, assuming they're making some money off of, you know, anything that's paid off of that. But 
I mean, they're building an ecosystem. They're building a platform. It's just a matter of what do they want to provide and who do they want to compete against um, with this one point whatever billion dollars that they've gotten in investment money. No clue, but we're, we're watching and we're salivating as, as they either play the Titanic or they get uh, they get saved. This is either going to be like a Groupon thing where they just they go public and fade. They don't make money. And, you know, I mean, Groupon makes money. I'm, I'm just saying like it's like a hot company with a lot of money and a lot of a lot of attention. And if they just say no to everyone and go public, like it'll be interesting to see what right. happens. But yeah, Slack. And by the way, Facebook is is full bore into this messaging thing. Like they're not fooling around with their at work product um, to compete with these guys for messaging. So we'll see. Well, when we get back, let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll talk Google and Textio, but Sovereign first. Sovereign AI matching is the most sophisticated matching engine on the market because it acts just like a human. You decide exactly how our AI matching engine thinks about each individual transaction. It will find, rank, and sort the best matches according to your criteria. Not only does it deliver the best matches, it tells you how and why it produced them and offers tips to improve the results. Our engine thinks like you, so you don't have to learn how to think like the engine. To learn more about Sovereign AI matching, visit Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. Time to talk Google, which we never do. Yeah, yeah. So this is in my SEO geeky wheelhouse. I'm kind of excited about this, uh-huh. this rumor slash screenshot that we that we got last week. So uh, in one of the messaging groups that I'm in, uh, someone shared a screenshot of Google's homepage with... So Google on Chrome, you see the search box and then you see you know uh, screenshots of websites that you visit a lot. Um, in between the search box and the frequently visited websites were recommended or related job searches for this user to click on um, the, the related searches that came up for this particular user were, were editorial assistant jobs, resident assistant jobs, art assistant jobs, and accounting assistant jobs. So what can we guess from that information? Yeah. I mean, it's all about history and they're just serving up where that individual's been and the server, uh, the searches that they've done, obviously. And we know that most of the job searches that land anywhere start on Google. So, I mean, it just makes sense to be able to serve that up. Now, this individual also, I believe by if I remember the the screenshot also, you know, went to uh, one of the, the favorite or, or the most trafficked sites was Indeed. And, and it looks like this individual is actually in maybe a recruiting or staffing kind of function. So they're there always. So yeah, it's just the the opportunity to be able to serve up relevant information. And in this case, it was specifically jobs on that Chrome homepage was that was pretty awesome. Yes. So Google is very conservative with their homepage. I mean, over the years, it's they've lived on simplicity. They've thrived on simplicity. So for them to do anything on the homepage is is sort of a big deal. Um, yes. This user's most visited sites included Indeed. Um, I'm guessing that if Google is tracking their search behavior, they're searching for jobs a lot, potentially, or looking at job content a lot. Um, I assume if you're looking for Mexican restaurants a lot in your in your hometown, maybe they're ser- serving up Mexican restaurants. How did you know? Uh, preemptively before you go ahead and search. Yeah. So, so Google's getting really smart, but um, I, I'd be curious to know if they're doing it for other things besides... 
uh, job, you know, job listings on their site? Like, are they doing it for restaurants? Are they doing it for concerts and sporting events around town? Um, but it clearly, if it's, if it's job specific, it shows a extreme, um, level of importance that Google currently has for getting people to their, their job postings. So if you're a, if you're a listener out there and you just, and you use Chrome and you go to just open a browser and you can see the, the pretty much it's the, the, the most visited websites and they have them already set up there for you. Nice screenshots. Uh, let us know if you see more than that, if you see jobs or you see food or you see something that's more than just those sites that you normally go to it'd be cool and send some screenshots to us yeah for sure and uh it's probably a good time to mention uh bogomil yes our good friend and head of the uh google for hire whatever we're calling it today uh (laughs) initiative is leaving the company um he is and handing the reins over to someone else i don't know if you want to read anything into that um but I, I don't know that I do. I don't think Google for hire is, is crap. No. I don't think, I, I think it's just, he's going, uh, he's going to be on sabbatical, right? Yes. So who knows what he's doing, but Bogomil, um, I assume you're not coming back to our space anytime soon. It was a pleasure meeting you, working with you, interviewing you. Um, good luck. Very good guy. Very transparent as much as somebody from Google can be. And from my understanding, Tarquin Clark is actually going to be taking over. We'll, we'll find out. We'll get more information. Uh, Tarquin uh, is a go-to-market guy on the API side. So all that we've been talking about with the job search API with uh, Johnson & Johnson and Crew Builder and all those different job and whatnot, he was the guy who spearheaded that. So it's definitely in good hands. Tarquin's a great guy and he's going to have his hands full. There's that new API that's open for candidate search. And obviously now wondering if it's going to be under his purview as well, uh, hired by Google, because that would be awesome in signaling that prospectively all of those come under one umbrella. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tarquin has big shoes to fill for sure. Yep. Uh, but we hope he keeps the channels of communication open. You know, Bogomil presented at uh, TA Tech in Dublin. Uh, they've been really transparent in letting us know what's going on. So hopefully that the spirit of that continues. Uh, and I, I assume that it will. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that he will. He's a good guy. Good guy. And he definitely wants to get the message out there. <laughs> well, moving on to our Make America Great Again portion oh, of the show. Jesus. Uh, Textio, uh-huh. who we don't really talk about, I don't think, ever on the show, but they do some pretty cool stuff with keywords and, and job postings and helping companies uh, yeah, put the right language in and copy and, and uh, 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 shoot, comparing it to other job postings they have in the system and which ones are most successful and, and whatever. So anyway, they sent out a report this week uh, that talked about the 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 amount of relocation language in job postings versus mm-hmm. a year ago, right. and there's been a 25 percent, I believe, decrease yes. in language on job postings about relocating to the U.S. So the Trump effect, I guess, uh, is either scaring companies about wanting to get immigrants to come over, or they think there's regulation that's going to take place that makes it harder to hire immigrants. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, that was an interesting news tidbit for me, for sure. Well, I think it's a and, and take it how how you will. I think it's an immigration and a tariff issue. 
Um, we see companies who are actually moving overseas, Harley Davidson, just because they just from a tariff standpoint, they, they have to be able to do that to grow globally and to sell globally. So what I what I took out of the the article, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting, is just that the, the, the larger global corporate presence where like HubSpot is uh, opening a Berlin office, Microsoft opening in Dublin and so on and so forth. And, and this has implications not on the immigration patterns overall, but for the global economy and to be able to speed that up. And I'll give you a great example to be able to speed that up. Uh, let's say in bourbon, uh, bourbon is big globally and it's growing in, in many different areas throughout the throughout the throughout the world. Um, but these tariffs uh, could make it much easier for another alcohol uh, beverage, alcoholic beverage to fill that gap. And we're not just talking about short term. We're talking about long term. The same thing happened. So what does that actually mean for jobs? Now, will some companies have to actually move to be able to sell, to be able to keep that market share, to be able to grow that market share? So, yeah, I think this is an indication from the Textio, which is interesting that it's coming from them, that uh, there's a, a sharp decrease. I mean, very sharp, 25% decrease. So your thesis, let me get this right, is that companies are opening up overseas locations, which excludes the, the need to relocate to the US. Instead, the companies are relocating to other countries and hiring in those areas. Is that your thesis? I think I think it's both from an immigration standpoint that we need people. First off, we need people. So we can't I mean, we've got to get rid of some of the things that we're looking for as as barriers to actually getting warm bodies to do the job. That's mm -hmm. number one. And then number two, yes, the actual movement. And, and again, our government is doing, they're making these decisions and there are ramifications for every decision. Yes, there are positives. What are the, what are the negatives? And, and these are, these are some of the negatives that I am, am seeing between the wall, if you will build the wall, baby, yeah. keep everyone yeah. out. We don't, yeah, want, we don't you. want you so that we can't have people actually doing jobs and we and our companies fail because we, we can't put out product. And yeah, that's probably the dumbest shit ever. Yeah, we could go on about free trade for a long time, but Whew. We, we both have followers in the ultra Trump wing that would uh, would go off in a big way. <laughs> Rob Drumgrill. <laughs> Disability story. This is your wheelhouse. What's going on? Yeah. So as most of our listeners know, my, my wife is uh, she's in this space and she focuses on building tiring programs for for big brands, for individuals with disabilities. And these are these are companies who really care about trying to inject other talent pools into their, their jobs. Because again, we take a look at the unemployment rate today, it's incredibly low. We've got to look at other pools. So a new study actually identified that the hiring bias against individuals with disabilities and go figure, uh, the individuals with disabilities are like 2.6% more likely to be unemployed in a general population. And companies are just taking their, their bias and saying, well, individuals with disabilities can't do this job. They don't know that. They just have their own bias. And this study is actually demonstrating that the bias is real. Not only are the unemployment numbers demonstrating that the bias is real, but the study did as well. And we hear a lot about programmatic, you know, ad buying and AI solving these issues. Like how 
How do you feel about that? Do you think that the, the machines will fix a lot of these biases or do you think that it will accentuate them or not solve them at all? Yeah, I think in some cases they they might so that an individual can actually get through the, the interview uh, and they can come on site possibly for a face to face interview or something of that nature. But when that happens in some cases, you know, if they show up in a wheelchair, even though it might be a desk job, there's still that inherent bias that happens. And, and that's the problem. That's the, one of the big problems that we see. Yeah, I don't know if there's an easy solution to this problem. And another thing is that the study showed is that low expectations is the curse of people with disabilities. And again, you know, my wife getting hundreds and hundreds of individuals with disabilities into jobs. I mean, that's her focus. And that's what Disability Solutions, who actually sponsors the transcriptions for for this podcast, that's what they do. And they have to get through those myths and biases every day. They actually have training specific to that because they know this is real. And to have a system, to have a program to actually do hiring that is unbiased, Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to spend money. And if you just think that you can do it off of free resources, then you're kidding yourself. And don't say that you want to hire individuals with disabilities yeah. unless you get people in there who can help you do that. The studies constantly show this, but yet we're not changing our behavior. Do you think the gig economy is an, an overall plus for people with disabilities? So the the Upworks, you know, the Fivers, where it's not an interview, it's just a meritocracy. If you can do the job and get good reviews, you get more work and, you know, the, the wheel goes around. Like, what are your thoughts on the gig economy and disability? And, and what would Julie's sort of commentary be? I would say, yeah, if they can be plugged into it and they can do jobs from home, depending on what the actual jobs are. Yeah. I mean, just being able to provide the opportunity out there and say, hey, here's a project. Who can do this project? Bid on the project. Boom. You get the project. You do the project. That's what it comes down to. Uh, And that's what we should be focused on every single day, as opposed to uh, looking at somebody who comes into uh, an organization who might be deaf, right? Well, they can't do the job. Well, why? Why can't they do the job? And what accommodations, um, which probably aren't going to cost you cost you very much. What types of accommodations would you have to put in place that wouldn't just be better for this person, but would be better for the entire organization? Do you know the numbers of people with disabilities and how long they typically stay at a company? Okay. So, and, and this is, this is probably where we should do like an interview with, uh, with Julie or, or somebody right. over there. But, but, uh, but some of the data that she's actually shown me is that the retention for individuals with dis- disabilities of the projects that she's working in very big brands right now is like so much higher. I'd say, I would say just from trying to remember 20% higher, if not more than just your regular employee. Yeah. So they stay longer, the retention there it's, and again, you've got to remember it's one of those situations where when you've never been given a chance, never been given a chance before, now you're given a chance. That really means something yeah. to you. There's a loyalty. There's a bond that's there that we don't see in the workforce anymore. These guys are actually demonstrating that through uh, hiring individuals with disabilities and seeing the retention. Well, on that note, let's hear uh, if you if you have compliance issues, hiring people with disabilities, America's Job Exchange might be able to help you out. Let's uh, let's hear from them. And when we come back, we'll talk cheerleaders. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh. God. America's Job Exchange is celebrating our 10th year as an industry leader in diversity recruitment and OFCCP compliance. 
we've been helping our 1,000-plus customers comply with OFCCP regulations that directly support positive and effective diversity recruitment designed to attract and convert veterans, individuals with disabilities, women, and minorities, and empower employers to pursue and track active outreach with their local community-based organizations. Want to learn more? Call us at 866-926-6284 or visit us at www.americasjobexchange.com. Football's right around the corner, Chad. Can't wait, dude. I am so stoked. <laughs> Preseason starts tonight. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so disabilities, equality, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, hits, it hits football as well. Uh, we had a story this week. The New Orleans Saints and the L.A. Rams – for the first time, we'll have male dancers slash cheerleaders. Yeah. So, yeah, why not? The thing that I never really even pondered or understood was why didn't they in the first place? Because if you see cheerleaders in college. I have men. It's, yeah, male, female. So, I mean, I never really understood that. Not to mention from a demographic standpoint. I understand uh, football for a very long time was a very focused demographic on the male side of the house. So you want to have hot females doing the cheerleader stuff. Totally get that. Mm-hmm. But if you want if you want to broaden that up, if you want to be able to once again make more money NFL, which I would have thought they would have thought this through a long time ago that you you'd have you'd have uh males. So yeah, I mean it just it just makes sense not to mention you know, again, looking for equality all the way around. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I will note that real football teams don't even have female cheerleaders. <laughs> so as a as a Browns fan, it's a point of pride that we're so old school. We have no logo, no cheerleaders, and we usually have no wins, but that's a different subject. Entirely. Um, Steelers don't have cheerleaders. Packers don't have cheerleaders. Like There are a lot of old traditional franchises that don't have cheerleaders, male or female. So I will I will do a little hat tip to those old school football teams. Yeah. And, and again, if that's a part of their culture and that's a part of their culture, but obviously the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, that's been a marketing scheme for them for a very long time. They've gotten shit tons of cash because of, because of uh, uh, having cheerleaders on the sideline and calendars and videos and you name it. Yeah. So will they be the last team to have male cheerleaders that have cheerleaders? I would say, yeah, because Jerry Jones is way too old school to change anything that he's doing. I agree. I agree. Well, anyway, that's all we got on male cheerleaders. And uh, I'm kind of out of gas this week. If, If you're ready, I say we out. We out. Hi, I'm Emma. Thanks for listening to my dad, the Chad, and his buddy Cheese. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Be sure to check out our sponsors because their money goes to my college fund. For more, visit chadcheese.com. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. 
Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.